listening to The Atomic Geeks, a podcast covering movies, TV, comic books, video games, and everything in between. So geeky. Hello and welcome back to the Atomic Geeks podcast. This is episode 133. My name is Michael DiGiovanni. I'm in the captain's chair this week and I'm sitting in Toronto and I'm drinking myself a Garrison Imperial IPA. Let's see what other jerks are with me. Oh, hello, Internet. It's your pal Christian from the town of Oakville in my basement fighting off some sort of sickness, but... In my hand, I have the cure for this sickness, a cold can of Yankee Jim Genuine Draft. If there's anything that'll make me feel better, it's this can of Yankee Jim. Well, hello, gentle listener. It's Mike Downs here. I'm coming to you live, recorded to tape in front of a live studio audience in my basement. And I am winding down my love affair with beer. That's right. I think I've had enough of this shit. And I'm getting rid of all my stockpile. I'm drinking two liters of American premium lager brewed for me by Todd Anstey. So you're going to move on to rye or vodka, aren't you? <laughs> no, you know what? In all seriousness, you know, my old man did this. He quit drinking, uh, you know, around this time in his life, around his 40s. And I got to say, as much as I love beer, I just really am tired how I feel the next day. And I think I'm kind of done with alcohol. I, I'm not saying I'm never going to have a pint again, but uh, I really just don't think I'm going to buy it anymore. And I just don't think getting drunk's any fun. I'd rather smoke pot, to be all, to be honest. Oh, so I saw- no. No Halifax moonshine then? <laughs> no, not this year. <laughs> I was going to say, just for a moment there, it sounded like we were doing a public service announcement, but then you threw in you're going to smoke weed at the end, so that That's brought right. it right back home. <laughs> and I'm not totally going clean and sober. I'm just saying, of the two, I think, you know, over the last month or so, as, as, the, as the listeners know, you know, I've been going through this thing and that thing, and I've been, you know, off the beer, on the beer, off the pot, off uh, on the pot. And I really just think, and I'm sure there are listeners who might find this offensive, but I, illegal or not, I just think it's a much better um, stimulant or depressant, I guess, whichever you want to call it. And I just, you know, God, I wake up with such headaches after these podcast days, and, and it's just not worth it, I don't think. Well, that's what happens when you drink 13 beers, though, when you're doing a podcast. This episode is also uh, sponsored by Cannabis. Get it <laughs> from all of your crazy drug dealers. Uh, and uh, maybe if you got, if you have a you know a, a cardboard box in your basement there, you could take the rest of that stuff you got in your fridge and just put it in, you know, tip my address on there and send it on over FedEx, <laughs> and I'll take care of the rest for you. Because <laughs> yeah, FedEx knows. We should know Christian and I are not giving up beer, so send your <laughs> donations. Uh, we should probably let. Our uh, our other co-host, Andrew Bloom, get a word in here now, but, oh, wait, that's right. Andrew is unable to be with us uh, this week. So we actually uh, put the call out for our favorite fill-in Atomic Geek, Mr. Mark Dury, to join us. But alas, in a last-minute uh, audible, Mark had to pull out. So it looks like it's just going to be... That's what she said. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Audible is sex, right? No, uh, so it's just going to be the three of us, if you couldn't tell already by our lengthy intro. Uh, so three-way dance for the Atomic Geeks. But enough of that. Let's get into some geek news. Geek news. <sighs> geek news. And uh, the host is, uh, with the most, has got the uh, geek news here this week. 
Uh, it hit all of the major geek press uh, just a couple days ago from the at the time of this recording that Jason Bateman and Will Arnett have confirmed that the Arrested Development is returning for a new mini season. They're projecting around nine episodes, and then that will be followed by the long gestating Arrested Development movie. This has been confirmed by all cast members and creator Mitch Hurwitz. So uh, this is going to start appearing, I believe, around end of 2012, 2013. So, fellas, what do you think? Arrested Development, it sounds like finally coming back. Well, you know what? Great geek news, Mike. You know, when we were talking about geek news, I, I didn't think we had any, but I remember seeing this story. And I mean, is this, do we live in a time where we can get anything we want now? I mean, this show, how long has it been off the air? Five years, probably? You know, and at least three, yeah, three to four years at this point. And I mean, I, I mean, I like this show. I, I've watched it. I, I don't, I've not seen every episode, but I've, I've watched it in repeats. I think it's hilarious. I'm just shocked that, you know, it's just, it, we're in a time where guys like Jason Bateman and Will Arnett can pull this out of their ass and get it. And I think it's partly due to the internet. And I think we wouldn't be seeing this if we didn't have a place where people could say how much they love a show like this and, and get it brought back. I don't know. Um, I think, I think, I don't know how long it's been. I wish I knew, but I think it, t- to me, it feels like it's been, uh, too long. Don't get me wrong. I love the shit out of this show. And I, I was hoping they would save the show, uh, sooner than they're, they're apparently doing now. Uh, unless they are, are gonna, you know, reference the amount of time in the story. And then to a movie, which I think is a bit friggin' ambitious. I don't know. I, I would like to think that at this point now, I think I would be happier if the show rested on the laurels it already created with that great series and it had a finale uh, than to do this. Well, I mean, maybe this is the finale, though. I mean, we don't know how this is going to work. It is pretty unorthodox and awesome, like Downs mentioned, that they're doing a new miniseason and a, and a movie. I mean, it's pretty unparalleled the way that this is working. I'm still – the way I'm thinking is love Arrested Development, but I'm going to believe it when I see it. I know they're saying all parties involved that this is confirmed because they've long been saying uh, there's been rumors like, oh, it's coming back to cable. Oh, it's going to make a movie. Uh, so I, I, I still kind of am a little skeptical, but I'm all for it if it – if it finally happens. You know, it's funny. So a couple of things I want to talk about. So in the last season was 2006. So it is five years. I just went to IMDP. Um, and I kind of feel like you do, DJ, especially when I read that the series was coming back. I didn't know that there was like this movie. I, to me, that movie is like, uh, you know, fucking, uh, What's the white whale or whatever? You know what I mean? Like this thing that's never going to happen. If it does, you know, then I'll eat my hair. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. That's just one of those things that it, it's been out there forever. It seems too good to be true. Um, you know, I, I could see them making more TV sooner than a movie. I don't know why. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm excited. It sounds like it's, I mean, this is, this was all over the fucking, what we used to call it when we watched, when we read, we were on a watching wrestling, the sheets, as it were. You know what I mean? Like all the websites were carrying this today. Yeah, and it it makes it look a little bit like the show had quite the following. Why the hell did it go off the air? I mean, it was it was one of the top uh, trending topics on Twitter. It was on you know friggin' USA Today, fucking all the geek websites, movies, TV, you name it. It's just sort of like it's so funny how absence makes the heart grow fonder. That people look back and go, 
Oh my God, that show was so fantastic. Maybe it has gathered more of an audience on DVD because the reason it went off the air, folks, was no one watched it. So like, are, I mean, are people, once this finally happens, is it going to be gather the audience and get people to get asses and seats at a movie theater? I don't know. That will remain to be seen. My, my only concern is essentially because, uh, Near the end of the seasons that we did see, it was getting a little bit weak. I mean, maybe one or two episodes, particularly the one where they go to that little Britain for crying out loud, which I didn't think that was freaking hilarious. I mean, but the last thing I want to see, which scares me the most, is basically putting frigging an, a, a, a shit topping on a frigging strawberry shortcake. You know what I mean? Like, if these episodes just frigging stink to high heaven, it's just going to taint what was already great already. Yeah. Totally, totally. And I, I, that's what I was going to say when, when you were talking. I was like, I totally hear what you're saying, especially the guy who hates change. And I mean, me, uh, you know, I, this has the potential to ruin everything that has come before. It's going on that wrestling, uh, you know, analogy I started earlier. Bret Hart returning to WCW or WWE ruined the career he had before. This has that same potential. But I think if this is the same creative team, and, and to your question, Christian, will they uh, explain the uh, the five-year absence? I think they will. Like, this is that type of – it's a smart show. They will go – you know, holy shit, we look five years older, but it's only been a day. I mean, like, I think that's the type of joke they would do on this show. So I, I'm excited for it. And, and I, but I, I do agree. I, I think that what you were saying, Mike, I think and to my point about the internet, I think it doesn't take as many people to watch a show to save a show now as it used to maybe five to, to eight years ago. You know, it, it, we talk about things like a firefly. I, I saw an IO nine. Dot com. If Firefly was on the air now, uh, Alan Tidiuk, one of the uh, actors from this, said it would be a huge hit. You know, I, would it be? I don't know. Strictly people watching television, I don't know. But you know, we're, we have things like Twitter, we have things like internet downloading and PVRs. I think this show coming back could be a huge sign to Hollywood or whoever is in charge of TV shows to go. You know what? Why don't you go and try and bring that Firefly back? All these fans want it. Give it to them. See if they can fucking support it. I don't think that's such a bad idea. Yeah, I guess the big thing is, is it's a wait and see. And we're going to have to just wonder how necessary uh, this return will be. Well, let's take that segue and move into tonight's topic, seeing as how we were talking about things that are necessary, because tonight is a topic I'm going to call unnecessary movie re-edits. You know, hot on the heels of the new complete saga release of the Star Wars films on Blu-ray, George Lucas has done more of that tinkering and changing to films. And this is something that if you've listened, or if you're a longtime fan of this podcast, that drives me and I think most of the other guys quite crazy. Now, you know, I'm not talking about a director's cuts or a special editions in that sense where people add in uh, undeleted footage. That's not what this, uh, what we're talking about here. These re-edits is where you're going back and making changes to existing footage. You're cosmetically making things like Greedo shooting first and, you know, making fucking Ewoks blinking. You know, uh, George Lucas has made a, a famous and now infamous, I should say, quote of a movie is never finished. It's only abandoned. So as a result of this, he's continued to tinker and change these movies, and it looks like he's never going to stop. So seeing as how we can't get Mr. Lucas to stop doing this, we're going to join him. That's right. The Atomic Geeks are going to 
pitch some unnecessary movie edits for other popular geek films. And we're also going to try to understand and provide rationale why we think the said directors of these films would have made these changes. So the first one we're going to dive right into is Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. These, the, so uh, we're going to hear some ideas for some of these pointless cosmetic changes for either the Fellowship of the Ring, the Two Towers, or the Return of the Ring. So, Christian, why don't you tell us what Mr. Jackson is tinkering with? Well, this is what I think in, in retrospect, after completing all three films, uh, he, Mr. Jackson has realized uh, that in this world of fantasy, he has missed out on inserting one key element in any of these movies, and that one word is dragons. <laughs> and because for a, for a movie about wizards and and, and friggin' like trolls and hobbits and Wittawakas and Wakawikis, uh, it, it it surprises me that I don't recall seeing one fucking dragon in this thing. So I'm proposing insert dragons at every opportunity and also include a cute little baby dragon that follows the fellowship as they go on their quest. <laughs> Almost like a Godzuki is what you're saying. With yeah, little, this could be like little... the, the Jar Jar for the Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Just to oh. keep, it, keep it friendly for the children. Well, it's interesting because uh, that that's a pretty good idea. So we're just going to insert CGI dr dragons everywhere. But there is a dragon that plays large into the Hobbit. Film, yes, right? I know. I knew that, but that's why I said the Lord of the Rings. Well, I know, but wait a second. In the second movie, when uh, Barrymore's brother is being attacked, is that not in fact a, a drag guys riding dragons uh, in, this, in the beginning of the second film? No. Well, you know, actually, that's true. The ring wraith guys do fly on dragony dragon creatures. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of right. <laughs> well, then I think I should. Sure. Then I'll addend my choice by saying more. More. Dragons. Well, I was going to say, I think we need a t-shirt that says, needs more dragons. I think that sounds like a great t-shirt. <laughs> well, there's pretty much, there. like, what film couldn't use more dragons, to be perfectly honest here? You know, uh, just sitting, sitting in the background and a dragon would walk behind, you know, or, or fly by in the horizon. <laughs> yeah, you'll just dragons. see, like, those gentle moments in the Shire, and then we'll just have, like, 20 dragons in the fucking horizon flying around. Like in the first movie, they're setting off all those fireworks, right? Dragon could be a part where dragons flying by and getting all kerfuffle because of all the celebrations. Yeah, I don't know though. I think you're going to mix up the metaphors because there's actually a firework dragon that then almost takes out all the hobbits, right? I, I don't know. I think there's a, such a thing as too many dragons. I don't know. I think if they if they're used as an element of of fun and fant and fantasy, I think it could add a lighter element to the movies. Between the eviscerations and battles and, and pathos. You know, it's just some dragons flying around. Sure. All right. I hear what you're saying. You know, it's funny because you kind of hinted on one of the ones that I had. Uh, we've almost talked about it a little bit, but I thought, okay, Peter Jackson's sitting here, you know, a couple years later, a couple joints later, and he's like, what can I fix on these movies? George Lucas is doing it. I better get on that bandwagon. I think there's only one area that he's going to focus on, and that's going to be on Gollum. And I say what happens is he says, you know what? I love George Lucas. Fuck Gollum. Let's put Jar Jar Binks into the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. And instead of Gollum, it's a Misa wants a ring master or whatever. And I think that Jar Jar Binks is now the animated <laughs> CGI character. That's two Jar Jar references already for the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but I'm actually putting the fucking guy in the movie. 
So yeah, what, 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 that's, that's, if you want to find a way to make something very pointlessly bad, you just add more Jar Jar. Yeah, that, that could be a t-shirt as well. Lord of the Rings needs more Jar Jar. <laughs> there you go. I, I was thinking what could be funny is if you take almost, uh, the reverse of what Mr. Lucas has done, Peter Jackson, uh, really uh, has been conflicted go, looking back at those three films and he, and he's decided, you know, in reality, I think a tiny human really should have played that part and it shouldn't be CGI'd. So he's going to insert an actor playing Gollum for, in all of the movies. That's actually not a fucking bad idea. And who are you proposing? Uh, Peter Dinklage? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was good. Yeah. Well, that's the obvious choice if we are talking about a dwarf, but, uh, or we could just have a guy kind of maybe a shaved monkey. <laughs> But like, are you? But I mean, I think the guy that did the the body work is that that actor Andy Circus. Circus, yeah, yeah, Circus. So I, I, in a way, I could almost see Peter Jackson in some sort of alternate reality, wanting to give his buddy the rub a bit, and well, you know, put him in the movie. Well, to me, I, when you think of these movies, I think if you're if you're putting yourself in the director's shoes, what do I tweak? I think that's something. It's an easy tweak. You know what I mean? If we're, if we're drinking George Lucas's Kool-Aid, it's like, you know what? I can do a better job with Jar Jar, or sorry, uh, Gollum. You know what I mean? I think that's an, it's an easy jump, if you will. An easy jump to go back and refilm scenes with an actor by himself and then insert all of those scenes into those three movies? Well, it's easier than, I don't know, fucking dragons everywhere, isn't it? <laughs> no. no. You get some fucking kid on a computer, he can put dragons in a fucking movie by tomorrow morning, let I me think, tell you. I think just basically you'd have to do Control-Alt-D and then you just put dragons in. That's what <laughs> yes, happens. That's, that's how they do it in those video games. That's the actual Apple shortcut, Control-Alt-D. Yeah. <laughs> to adding dragons. <laughs> Uh, the other, another one that I thought too that I'm sure, uh, that is just completely tortured, uh, Peter Jackson is that he just never got the hobbits the right size. It just is really pained him looking back at them. So now he's going to go back meticulously and reduce each of them by half a foot. Oh. See, I, w- I had something with the hobbits too. I thought instead of having big, ugly feet, they'd have normal feet and big, ugly ears. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there for stupid edits, but I thought they'd have big, hairy ears. You know what I mean? Instead of their, and their feet would be normal. It wouldn't be a big deal. But, it, but all, what you're suggesting here is that it's all CGI hair being added to the ears. I don't know. Maybe it's real hair added to the ears. How do you add in real hair after the fact? Well, no, their ears have to get bigger, too, so I guess it all has to be CGI. It's all CGI. Yeah, well, that's that's a Control-Alt-H for the hair on the ears. And, I mean, we're, 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 we're drinking George Lucas's Kool-Aid. Everything that guy does now is CGI, so I don't think that's really a question. Well, and that's largely what th- that this would be. Like, these these ideas is you're not actually getting old footage and putting it in. You're almost painting over... Uh, the the previous film in in a certain respect. Christian, do you have another one? Yeah, I think there's if there's anything that these movies are missing altogether is uh, uh, regularly used catchphrases by almost like all the characters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know, one of the hobbits could be like say all the time, "Let's get this ring moving," or you know, <laughs> Gollum can say, "I miss that ring," or something like that. You know, or like fellowship. 
Attack! Let's ride. <laughs> let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> All right, fellowers, let's get fellowing. Or, or arrow away! <laughs> you know, because not like me wants it and me precious is like a catchphrase. That's a catchphrase. But yeah, but he's really the only one that got that. Like, there's a lot of characters like Gandalf that never got anybody. They yeah, like, I mean, what was Sauron? What could his catchphrase be? Hello, I'm Sauron. <laughs> I think, or, or G- Gandalf could basically, here we go, it's magic time. It's magic time. There you go. I'm about to get all magic up in this bitch. <laughs> it's showtime. <laughs> and they should use the word varlet a lot more, I think, as well. <laughs> the, well, the, the Mark Dury, like I mentioned off the top, it was going to join us on this show, but had to pull it at the last second. He did give. A, he did send me over his, some of his suggestions, and he. Uh, what one of the ones that he said is, you replace Treebeard's voice with the soothing, folksy sound of Morgan Freeman. And I, actually, that's not that bad. <laughs> you can always use more Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I mean, if you to, if you want to sell cars or if you want to have a walking tree, you always go to Morgan Freeman. Uh, another how, one that I thought of too was. That's how the movie should open, though. It should basically open a new opening for that movie. Could be basically one of those trees, you know, with Morgan Freeman's voice, you know, reading the story to like small Hobbit children, you know. But shouldn't he almost be re- be reading them just the small bushes and stuff? He could be reading his bark. <laughs> no, the thing is, he's already in the Hobbit movie, so I don't know if we want to cross streams there, right? Who is the uh, Treebeard? No, Morgan Freeman. He's in the Hobbit. Yeah. How, no, he's not. No, that goes back like 20 episodes ago when I screwed up the casting rumor for The Hobbit. I was just trying oh, to do something. Oh, that's right. Oh, continuity oh, humor. I get it now because the guy – what's the other guy, guy's name who's in The Hobbit now? Friggin' uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy friggin' dude. Jack Freeman or Morgan Freeman. Johnson? What's his name? George Freeman? <laughs> Is it something like that? I don't know. He's a free man though. He, it, yeah. No, he's a Freemason I think. Martin that's that's why he got the job. I think he's it's Martin Freeman is the yes. actor's name. There you go. Morgan Freeman, Martin Freeman, they're both double M's. Come on, that's an easy screw up. That's pretty yeah, we can't fault you for that too much. You are high. Uh another another <laughs> one I, I wish I was, I'm not. Anyways, move on. But uh another one that I thought of was the the father, the actor is named John Noble. He plays uh Walter Bishop on Fringe. He played the father of Barrymore and Faramore, and in uh, The Return of the King, they have that uh, death scene where he basically is running on fire and then falls off of that giant tower into the battle. Well, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Peter Jackson just didn't really feel, feel like he nailed that death epically enough, right? It, I don't think he really properly got to kill and vanquish this villain. So he's gone back and he's added the, uh, digitally the, you know, the character as he's on fire, his uh, arms to flail a little bit more. He's going to uh, shit and piss himself. Uh, and you're going to see that. And then he's going to thud and bounce off the ground and there'll be a cloud of blood that will be uh, inserted as well. So uh, I, I thought, I thought you were going to say basically kind of like, explodes on his way down, but yours is much more graphic and um, disturbing. <laughs> well, what I was thinking of, I thought you were going to say one of, the, one of the knights pulls out like an M60 machine gun and like shoots the fuck out of him or something, right? Like totally crazy. He blows possible. the fuck wow. out of him. <laughs> so there are just a few 
bullshit, pointless re-edits for the Lord of the Rings films. Now, guys, before we move on to our next one, I have just a little bit of trivia here. Can you guys guess how many times George Lucas has released Star Wars A New Hope? That's the first film that came out in 1977. So how many times has he released that film, including the time in 1977, different versions of it? Can you harbor a guess? Like in theaters or like, uh, or just like on DVD releases and stuff? Both. Oh. Like the, it's been total. released and it has been different. I'm going to guess seven. Oh, that was my number. I was going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Maybe I should guess 12. But, uh, I think it's seven. <laughs> seven sounds about right. Well, I mean, you guys are right in aiming, uh, up high, but it's five. He has released, uh, A New Hope in 1977. A re-release in theaters in 1981, the special editions in 1997, then there was a new edit in 2004, and then the brand new Blu-ray conversion in 2011. Each of these included changes from the previous version. Now, we all know about some of the the famous ones, and I said these off the top, the how he inserted the, you know, Greedo shooting first, putting in Jabba the Hutt and, and A New Hope and uh, Blinkin' Ewoks and whatnot. But if I tried to, I was going to try to say I should actually count and list all of the changes that he's made across all five of these releases. I have to tell you, folks, there were too fucking many to count. You cannot believe the amount of changes that, that that have happened to these films, stuff that people, geeks, don't even rant about on fucking message boards. I'm We're going talking, to guess seven. Seven is right. No. The, <laughs> got, like, he has gone through and changed so much, so much, in fact, that he changed the blue font of a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. He changed the coloring of that. Get from the, the original out. release. You know, you know what I would like to do for an Atomic Geeks party? I would like to screen version one and then screen version five right after and see what we can, uh, see if we can do that. Like point out the pro, the differences, right? Because I'm so fire. Just, well, the, the, it's just not the same movie anymore, man. I, I, I've bitched about this enough and I don't want to bore our listeners, but this is fucking bullshit. I, I think it, it's ridiculous. It's interesting, Downs. There's a website called dvdactive.com. And they do a comparison of all five releases and they show screenshots and dick basically detail how each of the films uh, have changed. So he, he, they go through all six of the films. Now granted the new, tri- the new trilogy hasn't been changed as much because he hasn't had enough time to get his fucking greasy hands on those ones. <laughs> but, uh, so if you ever want, if you're ever interested in checking out all these, the lists of changes, go over to dvdactive.com. I was astounded at some of the minor things that he's changed. The color of the sky, the pod landing on Tatooine now has a blue light that it didn't have. Uh, in Return of the Jedi, when Chewbacca is holding on to Han Solo's legs as he's going to shoot uh, the Sarlacc uh, thing from grabbing Lando, they've inserted ropes that go around Han's feet. They actually, and this is something I had no clue about, and I had to listen to some of the audio. They went and re-recorded all of the audio dialogue for Boba Fett. Now, 
Granted, Boba Fett didn't talk too much, but it's all <laughs> been changed to that fucking actor that played Jango Fett and is the the uh, clone that's for the uh, that uh, for the clone. <laughs> right, the, the the Australian guy. I've heard that they did that. I did know that actually. I was hoping you saying that he had like a southern accent or something like that. <laughs> you're all coming with me because I is a bounty hunter. No, but you know if you if you're gonna redo something. Then redo how the fucking character, one of the most important characters in the Star Wars universe, dies in a, as a joke. You know what I mean? Like, what? Who the fuck cares? So, um, there's a guy named Robert Rodriguez who's a, uh, one of my favorite directors. You might know him from such films as, you know, Once Upon a Time in Mexico or Desperado or Shark Boy eight, and Lava Girl. Yeah, eighteen different <laughs> fucking spy kid movies. But um, the thing I like about this guy is that on his DVDs, uh, the first couple. Uh, once Upon a Time Mexico and Desperado, uh, he actually – sorry, the first one, El Mariachi, actually, is where a lot of it happens. He does this kind of a film school where he teaches you how the big deal was that Robert Rodriguez made his first movie, El Mariachi, for like $30,000, which was no money. And he talks about how things the audience never notices. And I guarantee you, the audience never noticed Han or uh, Chewie's – arms around Han's legs and whether they had rope or not. That is shit the audience does not care about. And these are the things that George Lucas is, is adding. They're not for us. They're not for the audience. They're for his own gigantic fucking ego in his head that have nothing to do with the fans of the fucking film. And I, I just don't fucking... I, I can't get behind it. I thought yeah. of some new uh, new edits that he could uh, do stuff to Star Wars. I think, wow. that, I think that one of the ideas was that basically R2-D2 should be, like, subtitled. So... <laughs> You know, everything – he has actual dialogue that we can all read as we watch the movies, you know? That's actually a good idea because for somehow, Luke, you know, with the Force, can understand R2 totally, but none of the fucking else of us can. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, no one really knows how much of a sassy, you know, talking robot that R2-D2 is, but now with subtitles, we can, you know, read for ourselves. You Don't realize, though, you're you going to open a can of fucking worms here, though, because <laughs> then he's going to have to subtitle Chewbacca as well. Right. Yeah, I, I was actually talking to Mark Dury about that on the weekend, and his idea for that was that you would subtitle Chewbacca, but he would speak in such, like, Shakespearean prose and such prophetic statements and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. You know, like, right. I, I, you know, I do not believe in the Empire's efforts in this political uh, climate, but I will join you anyway. You know, things like that. That was the worst Shakespeare fucking idea. I will just off the top of my goddamn head. <laughs> Have you read Shakespeare? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, what we're, I think we're firmly uh, hammering here is that Lucas needs to let go. But let's go to uh, some more pointless re-edits for some other classic films and let's move on to the Indiana Jones trilogy of films. So this can be Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, or even Crystal Skull. Uh, so, Christian, let's hear one of your suggestions for these films. Well, one of my suggestions uh, for these uh, films is that basically, I think in, in retrospect, uh, Spielberg uh, thought that, uh, that the Nazis in all of the films were not sinister and evil enough. Uh, so every single Nazi in all of the movies, wherever a Nazi appears, uh, each one will be also wearing a monocle and have very bad facial scars as well to toughen them up. <laughs> they can look more evil. If That's they could right. almost be bald too as well. I think that he should just remove digitally everyone's hair so they're bald, monocled, and uh, yeah, <laughs> they've got and, and, and one, one eye... The, 
the non-monocle eye is like bigger and evil than the monocle eye. It's going to be very, very creepy. You know, it's funny because this totally piggybacks one of the ones I had. I thought, okay. More Jar Jar. Yeah, more Jar Jar and Indiana Jones. No, um, I, I thought Steven Spielberg, for some fucked up reason, is still hanging out with George Lucas. I thought they had, you know, severed ties. But, you know, Spielberg's over at George Lucas's house, and George Lucas feeds him some of that special Kool-Aid. And so Spielberg goes back and decides that, you know what, Nazis aren't the best villain and makes them, um, you know uh, – terrorists middle eastern terrorists for for today so he totally redoes all the movies and that they're middle eastern terrorists instead of uh russian or um uh nazis that seems like a logical one to me is that if i bet you if spielberg really did this he'd probably take a lot of swastikas out of these films i i for some reason that jumps out at me even though that would ruin them uh well, I, could, I, the, I, could the terrorists also have uh, monocles and facial scars? Sure, I sure. They'd they be fools for them to not. But but it just feels like one of those things. Like Nazis don't seem like they fit anymore. You know what I mean? Like it it seems like it has to be <laughs> Middle Eastern terror. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, the Nazis don't even fit in the except- 1930s. <laughs> right. Well, because if you think about it, except for the the odd car vehicle. This story could happen today. There isn't that much to make the Indiana Jones stories be in the 30s and 40s, except for the Nazis and the crazy vehicles they drive. Well, yeah, I've never actually thought – I didn't. I never thought of them as like contemporary pieces so much. But you're right. I guess you could look for the Ark in 2011. You could look in Egypt right now for the Ark. You know what I mean? That and is- there, there's no – nothing – you know what I mean? There's Let's an idea. Talk. George Lucas, instead of fucking with Star Wars, go remake the Indiana Jones trilogy. Exactly. And instead of uh, instead of him wearing a fedora, you can give him a Raiders hat. Uh, no, so- I was thinking maybe he could just use a new hat band, you know, like something like that stands out like red or a, some kind of flower pattern. Like a white sash tied around it or yeah, something. Yeah, like or like a, like a red scarf or something. Or he could have like a bandana underneath his hat. It's so the way the things that we think about because I thought maybe he'll have a bowler on now instead of like a fedora. Well, it's like to make him uh, more uh, relatable to maybe the female audience, they've got to like dress his hat up a little bit. I like that. Oh, so he'd be like one of those – what are those chicks called who all wear the red hats? The Red Hat Society. My mom oh. is one of them. Is <laughs> she? Yeah. They will kill underground us. Uh, terrorist organization. Right? Yes, they will kill us. I thought it'd be funny if Indiana Jones was a red hat lady. <laughs> They're looking for the Ark right now as well. In fact, yeah, uh, to keep them all alive. <laughs> exactly. The, it's funny. Dury uh, made a suggestion for the Indiana Jones trailer, uh, Indiana Jones films, and me and him share the same brain. Because I, I I thought of in the first Raiders when uh, Indy's running through the markets and he meets that sword wielding maniac who uh, go, uh, goes off and then Indy shoots that Spielberg would have to follow Lucas's lead here and go that always bothered me because it made Indy look like an unsympathetic character so they'd have to digitally add in that that guy threw a couple swords at Indy first before he shot. Or yeah. said some disparaging words about his mother. Yes. Yeah, yeah. we could just add in some audio clips over you him. You fucking... put it like a, a series of Yo Mama jokes. Yo Mama's <laughs> so fat. <laughs> the, Christian, do you have another one? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, I have another one. The other one that, uh, to me, that this is, you know, uh, is, even though 
Spielberg enjoyed making that original trilogy, one thing that kind of hung over on this film that created sort of a, a dark cloud to Mr. Spielberg was that they included River Phoenix in The Last Crusade. Yes. And then after he died, you threw overdosing out in front of uh, that bar and da- the Viper Room in L.A., it kind of just added a blemish to the uh, to the movie series. So they've gone back and decided to CGI out R- River Phoenix's face. Do not and- s- fucking say you're putting Shia LaBeouf in that fucking movie. No, 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 no. I'm saying they're going to Benjamin Button a young Harrison Ford looking face on oh. to the bo- uh, to the body of River Phoenix. Oh, I thought you were going to say something like put in Seth Green instead because like that guy's not going to get any fucking dollar. <laughs> what Seth Green as young Indy? Yeah. How does that make any sense? Well, get get rid of those freckles and dye that hair from you know the ginger to the brunette, and you know <laughs> they can do fun. that with CGI. <laughs> yeah, All control right. control old H. That's the hair one. <laughs> that's the hair one. That joke's never going to get old. So, all right. So that's uh, the Mr. Spielberg's uh, Indiana Jones suggestions. But you know, we've talked a lot about. Mr. Lucas and his failings with what he, how he can't let go of Star Wars. Steven Spielberg isn't unguilty here of doing the same things. He actually went back in 2002 for the 20th anniversary of his film E.T. and he did some tinkering too. Among many things, he, uh, using CGI, he went back and modified several shots of E.T., including him, uh, a running sequence. They actually gave the spaceship a bunch more lights. And probably the most infamous uh, uh, change that Mr. Spielberg made was there was a scene where a bunch of gun-wielding federal agents were threatening Elliot. Well, they went and digitally took the guns out of these characters and put in walkie-talkies. You know, it's funny you started talking. I knew exactly what you were going to say as soon as you started talking about this. And, you know, as a father, you know, who's watching kids' movies all the goddamn time now, I don't have such a problem with this for a couple reasons. A, it was a one-time thing on a 25th anniversary. And B, you're you're removing guns from a, a, a kids' movie that had no place in being there. You know what I mean? Those guys didn't have to have their guns drawn. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're what are you talking ages. about? An alien comes to Earth that they're not fully, in, you know, aware of what his powers are, or whatever, and they're not going to bring a fucking gun. Of course they bring a gun. No, they've, they've already got the house surrounded. The house is in like a big fucking uh, like, bubble and shit. Like, what? Do you, what, what is the gun going to fucking do? You well, don't, don't need to have for for the children, for the kids who are watching this movie. What difference does it make that that fucking agent has a gun versus? I'll a radio? tell you right now, though. You know no. as well as I do, because you have young boys as well. Your fucking kids knew about guns by the time they were three years old that's all my boy talks about his I, I guns know, for crying I, out loud but that, those, those guns added nothing to the movie and taking them away took nothing away this I, but is, i but i disagree downs this is going back to that point that you made about rodriguez the no one probably really even noticed that like i mean the point of the the agents no one that wasn't an offensive that wasn't like that the these Federal agents, these uh, like you know people who enforce the law, had guns drawn out. Like, no, uh, no I, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying it was necessary. I'm just saying, uh, in the grand scheme of things, in terms of an edit, this really has zero impact. 
Who was watching that movie going, oh, my God, that agent doesn't have a gun. What the fuck? You know no, I mean? but it's like, more like the point of it's it's pointless. Like, why do we need to put more fucking lights on a spaceship? Why do we need to go, well, make them walkie talkies? It just seems like a wasted effort to yeah, have yeah. to do that. No, and I agree. I, I think this was a it's the 25th anniversary. What can we do? OK, we're going to we're going to. We'll, we'll make the spaceships look cooler. Um, let's see. We'll, we'll make ET run. And you know what? Why, why are there guns in this movie? There's, 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 this movie is so, it's almost G rated. It's so fucking tame. And it's only PG because some, so five guys have guns in one scene. Let's just pull that shit out and make and, it. And a, also a kid it, swears in the movie too, which is part of it as well. Yeah, um, okay. I, you understand what I'm saying, though. I'm just saying that I, I don't think this. I, I remember, I remember watching it and going and getting ready to be pissed off, and I, I remember going. Actually, I can't even remember what scene that was, and it really didn't. I, I don't remember this affecting the movie at all. It looks just as fine now as it did back then, and maybe it's a little bit better because of quality. I hope, but I, but I was like, well, eh. It wasn't like. You know, a one-time edit is one thing. Five times is a little bit different. You know what I mean? Well, exactly. No one's like Lucas, but these were still pretty goddamn pointless. And let's get pointless again on another classic movie. So we're going to now suggest some crappy re-edits for Superman 2. Christian, let's hear yours. Oh, come on. Come to me. I have a good one for this one. All right, Mr. Downs, let's let's batter up. We totally recast Christopher Reeve. <laughs> I want to talk about this for friggin' forever for crying out loud. Jesus. I'm just kidding. That was just my chance to make a joke at Christopher Reeve's dead expense. <laughs> Take that, Mr. Reeve. I, 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 I just, I don't think the guy did a good Superman. I'm sorry. Crucify me, whatever you want. I just, I don't, I, it was fine for the 70s. But come on, thirty years later, we're gonna we're gonna fix that fucking cow look that guy's got and give him some real muscles. I would think if you're gonna, uh, but I, I don't think you can do that. I, it, it, as much as I'm joking, I don't think you can really do that. You can't wipe a dead guy, uh, a paraplegic who died uh, doing very good things. You can't wipe him off the face of the earth off of one of his most famous movies ever. I don't think sure that's sure we can. We're the Atomic Geeks podcast, baby. We we we're wielding all the power. But what you could do is, to your idea, you could uh, go back and modify his hairstyle. You could add bulk onto him. I mean, the fucking computers can do anything, man. That's true. We could give him some long hair, like the uh, rebirth of Superman. Yeah, the the uh, the hockey haired Superman. Yeah, right? totally. <laughs> control all H and then control Alt B for some bulk. <laughs> so, Christian, let's hear yours. Well, I got a bit more serious about this because I'm a bit serious about this movie, Superman 2, for crying out loud. Really? Yes. Uh, yes, I absolutely am. And if, if, if anything, I, I have uh, the problem I have with this movie that should be re well, should be re, re, re edited is essentially the entire Fortress of Solitude and Beyond ending sequence has to be totally redone. No flying fucking S's. Where the fuck does that come from? No fucking, like, pointing finger laser fucking powers. What the fuck is that, for crying out loud? None of these multiple Supermans in different fucking locations. You know, cat and mouse bullshit. There should be one badass fucking fight in the Fortress of Solitude where Superman is basically forced to go into that chamber, and then they can pull the whole reversal thing, which actually would be pretty neat. No, but uh, do you not even think that the whole idea that there's some chamber that's just sitting in the Fortress of Solitude so Superman can give up his powers is a stupid fucking story component? 
It's probably not the smartest thing Superman's or the, the architects of Krypton ever did. Hey, why don't we put something in there that would make him vulnerable to everything on the planet Earth? Like to me, to me, like if you're looking at if, if you're looking at this movie and you're looking to take things apart, I think the story has has more problems than anything that we could fix in a post. Exactly, but we're we're not in a redo situation here, right, though, guys. Okay, like, I'm sorry. I do. I I understand. We've talked about this before. There is a lot. In hindsight, there's a lot of faults to this, but the, I just wanted to jump in there and say we don't. We're not re-editing the whole film in the sense of. Uh, inserting new scenes, we're we're fixing up and adding stuff to existing scenes. Right. Okay. Well, then I should say that should take out laser fingers and big S's and put in more punching. More and, punching. And more something. Someone actually good looking is Lois Lane. Or if it's already, uh, you know, this the house is already on fire. Let's burn this bitch to the ground. Maybe you just add in when Superman's playing that game where he's got four or five of them. Maybe you add in like fifty Superman. There's just oh, Superman's fucking everywhere in that scene, man. That's actually a good idea. Well, one of the you I we do, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, we've talked about this. The end of, the end is fucking out there as far as Superman 2 goes, but uh I think that's another a, a whole other conversation in terms of maybe we should do a a, a redo of that sometime, in fact. Oh, mm. well. That's yes, an interesting I, idea. Hmm. My uh mine it's funny cuz I I had an idea for Superman 2, and it's quite similar to what Christian just joked about, or actually it's totally similar uh, to what Christian joked about about Star Wars re-edits, is that you, our, our director is now feels so bad uh, about the character Non. He feels that that was very offensive to the mentally challenged people, and they didn't want that to reflect on this film. So they've gone back in and added the dialogue for non because they're just the grunting and mm, 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 like they, they don't like the quirky idea. So they got uh, Russell brand, the comedian to do the voice <laughs> of non uh, funny yonkers. <laughs> I don't, I don't where he would say that in the movie that someplace you could do that, you know? Oh yeah. It's fine. When, when he's fighting soups, when they're uh, exactly downtown Manhattan, Blimey. <laughs> Flies right into a giant neon coke sign. Oogily boogily. Because <laughs> he says that so fucking often. Um, d- d- uh, Mark Dury once again suggested a few here. Uh, he said that you have to add in the requisite no when, from Zod when Superman breaks his fingers and have that kid who jumps over the falls in Niagara Falls die horribly. <laughs> Where are the parents for that fucking kid for crying out loud? Holy great. moly. Eh? Superman should have basically Superman should have caught him and then basically bounced it head off head off the friggin' wall as he's flying back up. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I got down there and he was already dead. Yeah, no, that's we'd have to lie to the mother or something. If like, I remember are you the correct- parent of this kid? Fucking what? Where were you when this happened? Wasn't it a single mother that was too busy fucking buying ice cream or something, if I remember that scene, and her kid took off? And he was going, Mom, look at me. Mom, look at me. Uh, the, and right. then she it, – uh, it's it's terrible parenting is what almost caused that boy to die there, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, there, should, there should have been almost like a little sub-scene story just to get the background on those two – that, that whole freaking family. You know, like a, a fight at home before they had to go to Niagara Falls. I don't want to go to Niagara Falls. I'll show you. Uh, I, I'm going to die and you're going to be – fucking feel guilty for the rest of your life you know so say the atomic geeks the best parents on the planet our kids would never do anything like that 
there, there's there's an idea for some fan fiction right there. <laughs> Fucking uh, Mary uh, Malcolm and her uh, son, their backstory. Someone get that made. Um, all right, so there's our suggestions for Superman two. But you know, as I mentioned before, Lucas has been guilty. Spielberg's been guilty. And director Ridley Scott has even uh, tipped his toe into this uh, tinkering pool because in Blade Runner for in 2007, there was a release called The Final Cut. And I know there was the famous director's cut, and that's where they took uh, added in footage, etc., and took out the narration. But with this 2007 uh, version of Blade Runner, they did lots of tinkering and it, and some and from examples on the police radios instead of just hearing english uh voices there was german japanese and swedish uh they had they added more air traffic so basically more flying cars in the backgrounds there's a a scene that they a dream sequence with a unicorn yeah, that's been yeah, added yeah, into yeah. this yeah. and they went back and digitally stabilized the horn of the unicorn because to reduce the wobbliness of the horn from the previous footage. Uh, there's also a scene where Roy Batty, that's Rutger Hauer's character, when he releases a dove, and now it flies up into a dark and rainy sky instead of a clear blue sky. And finally, Deckard, that's Harrison Ford's character, when he's pursuing one of the replicants, Zoa, the the actress, her name's Joanna Cassidy, her face was digitally superimposed over the stunt double. They went painstakingly back and put her face on those scenes. So everybody's getting into the fucking tinkering business. You know what they should have done for that movie, too? Like, when the replicants were, like, found out, so to speak? They should have done some, like, transforming, like, their feet turned into roller skates or something like that to get away. I like it. Their feet turned into <laughs> roller skates. Yeah, or, like, you know, with Roy Batty, where just giant blades come out of their arms. And they say yes. things, transform for death! <laughs> transform. You, you're all about everyone having their little fucking signature lines, eh? Cat- catchphrases are important. Catchphrases are very important. So, you, you, buddy. you know what, though? I mean, I, 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 there's almost a, dif- a differentiator, and maybe this isn't the time and the place, but the idea of a director's cut versus tinkering, that seems like a very fine line. Do you know what I mean? Well, and the way I define it for the purpose of this conversation is when you have deleted footage and you're inserting that back into a film, that's not what we're talking about here. I, I, I'm I'm fine with that. It's It's really the going back and painting over existing scenes. You know, it's like where you're, oh, that shirt never, I never really liked him wearing that shirt. I'm going to change that and make it a red shirt instead. Like that's, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Going back and putting more flying cars in the background of a scene, that's not really necessary, guys. Oh, so, so okay. So what about like, uh, what's it called? Payback with uh, Mel Gibson. Yeah. So here's a movie comes out, and 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 for those of you uh, listening on the podcast, uh, this is a movie that Christian, DJ, and I all watched together in a hotel room. None of us knew anything about. We were blown away about it. It's a great movie. If you've never seen it, um, but that, that a director's cut came out of that that is only a different edit that ruins that movie. 
So, like, is that crossing the line, or is that just the director's prerogative? Well, I don't know. See, the thing is, when I hear director's cut, I also hear, yeah, I'm the director, and I thought my editor did a shit fucking job, so here's how I would have done it. Or, or, or I think... I think the thin, thin red line suffered from this, right? I think this is a, a like a Vietnam movie where the um, like the director was like everything about about this movie was their vision, and then when it came to the the cut of the movie, the studio stepped in and 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 took ownership of it, and so then later on the director uh, and that that in that specific instance, I think like the director took out ads and in. in Premier magazine or like uh, what's that big Hollywood variety? Magazine? Yeah, variety saying I don't support this blah 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 blah. And so you know, I just I wonder what that fine line is because with, with that payback movie, that director's cut is fucking horrible and ruins a very good movie. So who was right in that instance? The editor, the studio, is the director the right who comes along after? I, it just seems like such a fucking fine line. Very yeah. different than George Lucas doing five versions of a movie. I'm just trying to get what, what do we think is is an okay point to to retouch a movie that's already be out. I guess. Well, my point is is like a, a director's cut. If that's what you want to do as an addition of uh, putting out a DVD or Blu-ray, I'm fine with that. Like uh, because like uh, like I've mentioned, not to repeat myself, those generally involve putting in footage or taking out footage. That's footage that was hit the cutting room floor and then you're putting back in because you thought it was necessary to the story, right? The, but Lucas is not even doing that anymore. I mean, he's going back and saying, Oh, well, th- that scene with the, uh, with the Jawas, their, 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 their fucking, uh, vehicle isn't big enough. So I'm going to s- superimpose a bigger vehicle in that scene. It's like, if you want, if there's footage that we haven't seen that's sitting somewhere and the director feels passionate that they always wished that that was there, put that out. I have no problem with that. But a scene is done. You know, I mean, it's either cut on the floor or it's, or it's not, but you can't go back now and start airbrushing shit in the background of scenes like that to me is where i have a problem but so what about a completely recut like payback like that that movie doesn't add anything it's just a re way of storing that retelling that story that in my opinion is not very good and i'm like what in the fuck happened that whoever edited or put the first story together was amazing and why the fuck is some director putting this out now and redoing it because this is shit have you guys seen that no i'm talking about no but I, but I understand your point. Like all director's cuts, they can be bad and pointless as well. But the purpose of this uh, conversation is more the penciling in and adding more fucking lights on your spaceship. Well, I mean, my thoughts on this whole fucking fixing shit and all that fucking bullshit, I think in a perfect world, in my perfect world, uh, basically the only change a film is made, the only changes that should be made is basically in the whole DVD and Blu-ray release where they find a good print and put that on a disc or they basically remaster the sound and things like that. I'm not a big fan of re-edits and things like that. I think basically every film is essentially a time stone or whatever the fuck you want to call it for the time that film was made. And essentially you, when you do any kind of changes, you basically taint what the original product was. I don't think that should ever be done. Exactly. So uh, I, I agree. Everyone's got their, their different thoughts on director's cuts and deleted scenes and new versions for DVD and Blu-ray. And, and I can tell you this folks, George Lucas isn't finished because a 3d 
version of every single one of those six films is coming and you gotta, you gotta believe he's gonna find new ways to put new stuff in those films and change more shit. But my final take on this is Mr. Lucas movies are finished. You just can't abandon them. Let me tell you that. So, uh, before we wrap up here, let's go on to our atomic picks. Atomic picks. Christian Nielsen. Uh, my atomic, uh, pick this week is uh, something that I received in the mail yesterday and have not read, but I'm very excited to plow through it. Um, it is essentially, it's a compilation of uh, a DC comic book series that only lasted 15 issues, but uh, for some reason, uh, people, they, they released it in, a, in an entire uh, trade paperback form, and that series is Major Bummer uh, by John Arcudi and uh, Doug Mankey. I don't know how they, if I'm saying their name correctly or not. Regardless, uh, this is the story of the, the most anti-hero of anti-heroes in uh, the superhero universe, uh, where this slacker kid uh, mistakenly receives uh, superpowers, and in his, in his efforts to, to not have super-duper adventures, he runs into Nazi dinosaurs and intergalactic gold cold germs and Mexican devil curses. This is a friggin' hilarious look at the superhero world in general. Um, I encourage anyone who has an extra 20 bucks to go on Amazon and pick it up. It's called Major Bummer, and this collection is called The Complete Major Bummer Super Slacktacular. Excellent, excellent stuff. Mike Downs. So uh, I happened to check out a movie called Horrible Bosses. Um, holy shit, this movie was funny. It stars the aforementioned Jason Bateman, star of the Arrested Development. Um, holy shit, was this movie funny. Uh, my um, roommate and I uh, got this movie the other night, sat down and watched it, and I laughed my ass off. So uh should be coming to DVD soon. I got it through Connections, so you should probably see it soon. If you're thinking about checking out Horrible Bosses, I recommend it. Very funny. Check it out. All right. And for me, this is the last week of me buying every first issue of DC Comics Reboot, the new 52. So 13 new issue ones. Once again, some pretty good stuff here. I would say the best of the best was Aquaman. That's right. Aquaman. Jeff Johns and Ivan Rice have made Aquaman a badass, and they've done it very, very smartly. Jeff Johns is be, uh, very aware of the of the shortcomings of or perceived shortcomings of Aquaman and all of the jokes, and he addresses them full frontal in this uh, in this first issue. Really, really fun stuff. Big surprise as well was the comic book I Vampire. Fuck, wow, was that really good. Beautifully illustrated. Justice League Dark, terrible name, but man, oh man, is this uh, fun. This is the the team that basically involves uh, Shade the Changing Man, Hellblazer, John Constantine, Madame Xanadu, uh, Dead Man, uh, all your mystical heroes, vertigo heroes, if you will, uh, and uh, uh, teaming up. Great stuff, good art. Flash number one was good as well. Uh, in terms of the ones to stay away from, though, Teen Titans, and I've got to tell you, arguably one of the worst of the entire relaunch is Superman number one. This is by writer George Perez, and Mr. Perez, you're a great artist, 
but wow, are you out of touch? People, it's 2011. We're rebooting Superman and he fights a fire creature in the first issue. Honestly, the whole comic basically is more important. It, it, it would rather deal with the fact that, hey, print is dead and the Daily Planet's going to the web and Clark Kent doesn't like that. This, fur- this further enforces my thoughts that Superman shouldn't have a monthly comic. But, you know, all in all, when I look at this total reboot, out of 52 books, there's about 30 really good ones. So I would call that pretty damn successful. All right, so uh, that's going to do it for episode 133. And next week, hosting is Christian Nielsen again. Christian, what is on tap? Well, next week on the Atomic Geeks podcast, the Atomic Geeks are going to have to make some difficult choices because there can only be one. Oh, my God, I love difficult choices. And as well, I want to do a plug here for our sister podcast in the Atomic Geeks podcasting network, Nerd Lunch. Let's hear what they have coming up. Hello, everyone. This is Captain Paxton Holly of the Starship Nerd Prize. Next week on the Nerd Lunch podcast, we discuss the first two Star Trek Next Generation movies. Do we love them? Do we hate them? Do we want to pawn far with them? If you don't know what the hell we're talking about, head on over to iTunes at Maximum Warp and beam up the Nerd Lunch podcast. Engage. Get out and listen to that, folks. Great stuff that Nerd Lunch podcast is. So, like always, you can find us on every social network. We're on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We're on Google+. Go to theatomicgeeks.com and visit our forums. And if you listen to us via iTunes, be a lamb and leave us some kind words. We love that. So this is Michael DiGiovanni for all the Atomic Geeks. The Atomic Geeks, out. just listen to another episode of the atomic geeks visit us at theatomicgeeks.com production by andrew bloom title track by don't look down hello nerd lunch podcast listeners this is christian from the atomic geeks podcast and this week the atomic geeks are making some difficult choices because there can only be one Get the episode on our website, theatomicgeeks.com, or download it from that iTunes deal. There Good night. You said, that, you said there can be, you said. There can only be one, isn't that what I said? Yeah, yeah. And the, you know that Highlander. The, yeah. Is, says yeah, well, let can, people make their own assumptions. I'll permit, make sure there's a Highlander reference in there. No, I mean, but it should be there can be only one, not there can only be one. Do you understand what I'm saying? What's the difference? Okay, nothing. It's just not, it's not the quote is all I'm saying. Well, I'm not really quoting it. I'm kind of okay. quoting it, but I'm not. So. Okay, okay. Okay, so, so let me I just, just want to point that out in case it was a problem. No, it's not okay. a problem. All right, let me just do the. And next week, hosting is Christian Nielsen again. Christian, what is on tap? Well, next week on the Atomic Geeks podcast, the Atomic Geeks are going to have to make some difficult choices because there can only be one. Oh, my God, I love difficult choices. There it we totally, go. totally drives me that you said that wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> tough shit. Then forget it. I want to do Halloween and you host. The famous thing is that there can be only one, but hey, whatever. But it has, not, it has nothing to do with fucking Highlander, for Frank's sakes. I mean, people... I know, but, for, I know, but would you say... Uh, 
I don't know, whatever is the popular saying. Would you say something that's like like it but not Hey, you know what? Maybe it? I'm creating a new popular saying for fuck's sakes. This is the way I say it. Maybe a lot better. May the force <laughs> join you. That's what I'm saying. Would you would you go say would you go say will the force be with him? You wouldn't yeah, say but it. I'm not referencing the friggin' that movie in, in general anyway. I know you're so. not, but I'm just saying that's that's a common – it's like a, uh, a well, popular It's a, it's a, it's thing, a popular I mean. saying known amongst a small amount of geek culture. I am not bothered by any ghosts. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Ghosts sometimes don't bother I see me. The people, sometimes I see the people that aren't alive. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. We've Whatever. actually found a way to do an Easter egg over a bumper. <laughs> that isn't even have to do anything about this week's episode. That's a good Easter egg. You should leave that for next next time. 